I've become a little bit like Jobo in that I've become too reliant on technology. Mm. I, I left my place this morning. I tried to open up the weather network app. That's what I do every day. It's part of the routine, right? Yeah. What's going on with the weather? Yeah. And then it was, we're, we're sorry, we're down. The weather network is down? <laughs> yeah. That's tough. And it's one app, and I tried to Google it, and it said, yeah, it's fine. It's like 19. I went, yeah. all right. I stepped out of the apartment. I was running a little late. Rain. Had no idea. Yeah. No coat. No umbrella. No hat. Just just trucking. <laughs> just wearing one. Yeah, just walking through it. <laughs> I couldn't even be bothered to stick my head outside for a second. Yeah, no. I have a balcony. Could have done that. For that. <laughs> and that's it. Just the app failed one morning, and I was done. Cooked. I was t- completely done. Could have been any. Could have been anything out there. And I just, I just stepped into it. Could have been Wrong. a hurricane. You yeah. had no idea. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't have the, the app. I didn't have the warning. So, yeah, I'm basically you, Jobo. Um, oh, that's good. You were at the game last night. I was. Oh, the vibes seemed small. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Small so crowd. Did you see that it was the lowest? Small, smallest crowd. home crowd of the year. 23,451. Yeah, lowest attendance of the year for lowest the Blue Jays. Lowest home attendance for yeah. Blue Jays, yeah. Yeah, clearly. And it was, yeah. I don't care about their attendance against <laughs> the Oakland Athletics. Yeah. <laughs> Oakland Athletics, Thanks, yeah. Drew a big number in Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah, the, the vibes were, it was silent. That was the quietest Grand Slam from Texas I've ever heard. There was no reaction, not even any groaning. It was just, mm. oh. That Texas was the weird scored. thing. Through TV, it felt like, well, one, when you have a crowd that size, mm-hmm. it was it was a little strange. I guess it's a... Monday, people are getting back yeah. from kind of the end of holidays. Kids Some are back, are going in back to school. school. Yeah. Still, was twenty three thousand? Twenty three thousand four hundred and fifty one. Twenty three thousand mm-hmm. for the biggest series of the year. Yeah, yeah. That to me reeks a lot of. Hey, we really liked going to these games. The team we thought was going to be amazing. Mm. The renovations are awesome, and it's a fun patio. I've always said Roger Center is just Toronto's biggest patio. Yeah. Like they're like seven of them. There's now. that one. What's <laughs> that one bar down on King that has just the big screen TV, and it's just a parking lot, and it became a pandemic bar, and then oh, somehow yeah, it lasted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forget it was the like, name, oh yeah, this past, makes sense yeah. for the pandemic, and then it stayed. Yeah. yeah. And people were like, yeah, we'll drink at a parking lot. Yeah. For way overpriced <laughs> drinks. <laughs> And hard to get a waitress over here. Yeah. Yeah, no. That, yeah, that makes sense. P- picnic tables and a <laughs> screen that you can't really see. How that stayed upright and stayed. Even the owners are probably surprised. They're like, really? Yeah. You want this to keep They're going? They're like, right. you know you're allowed Not to right. do, go to other out- establishments we'll now. Right? They're like, nope. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, that reeks a little bit of people going, yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good with this right now. I'm, t- I'm, I'm going this week. Maybe it's just a weird one-off. It's going to be kind of interesting to see the attendance tonight, but all of a sudden the weather starts to shift, downshift a little bit, gets a little cooler, kids yeah. are back in school. It's a it's a school night. It's a Monday. There's no cheap hot dogs. Mm-hmm. And people are like, yeah, you know what? Maybe not. Yeah, I even asked Maybe my buddy, like, what, what, what do you think the percentage of people in here do you think, like, knows, like, what, like, the stakes of this series? Oh, I and he was saying, like, a, a And he was lot. saying, like, people would have to know. Mm. And they're no, still, like, a, for a reference... Lot. The other smallest crowds of the year are like middle of May, June, July. Yeah. No, no, that was a weird one. That yeah. was a weird one. Anyway, um, good for all the people that did stay away last night and didn't spend their hard-earned money watching John Schneider murder the Blue Jays' hopes in that baseball game. Oh that God. was, okay, let me start with this. I'm especially mad at John Schneider because I have always been the type of fan who 
doesn't really like to blame the manager in baseball too much is a, hey, maybe it's the millionaire baseball players. Maybe it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who struck out for the first three times in the baseball game and then again with a runner in scoring position and kind of really needed to pick his team up in the fifth inning. Same pitcher, by the way. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's that. Maybe it's that. Yeah, it was the fifth inning, Joe. Thank you. Uh, like all three strikeouts yeah. in the same pitcher. Maybe it's a little bit more that than the manager. And usually some of these decisions, like we always do the who's making the choice, the khakis of the manager, the khakis of the manager, they're kind of a bit of a placeholder. And I know I was pretty, cool, pretty critical of Charlie Montoya at times, which kind of adds to this in terms of the front office's complicity, complicity in all of it, where Ross Atkins, hey, man, you hired two managers during a win-now window, and you could say that Charlie was the early one where you said, hey, it's fine, the team's kind of learning and developing, and he knew them from the minor leagues. Then he kind of doubled down on that move of the whole, the guy that knows them from the minors and is connected to them for a really long time with John Schneider. And last year, he made the big mistake of removing somebody too early. This year, he seems to be making mistakes about leaving. He just can't get it right. He just does not seem to have a feel for this. And again, hate being a blame the manager guy. I feel as though it's mostly overly simplistic and it's an easy scapegoat. I've said this before with coaches. I think coaches now take a lot more heat than they should because fans are more are more fearful than ever to criticize a player, especially when it comes to online. That comes with a little bit more risk, right? A coach, a manager, a hitting coach. Look at the uh, Guillermo Martinez stuff this year. It's mm -hmm. outrageous how much people have put attention on this guy, considering who he is, what he's done, what you actually know of his responsibilities, and what baseball players actually believe the impact of a hitting coach is. But John Schneider cost the Blue Jays that baseball game. The second inning onward, Chris Bassett was not right. And, and afterwards, they ask him about it. And he goes, oh, it was a bunch of soft contact and barely any walks. It's like, no, man. He had given up seven, seven hits and three walks. A couple of days ago, you were in Kansas City against the crappy Royals, who you swept and who are one of the worst teams in baseball, and you decided to remove Yusei Kikuchi from a baseball game because, what, he had eight strikeouts and he had gone five innings and his pitch count was lower than where Bassett's was? So, so what is the explanation for you a couple of days later against a more important opponent, somebody that you're facing in basically playoff games? Like, this is playoff games. You were handed a bullpen at the deadline that we all universally agreed was one of the deepest and best in all of baseball. You've hit on gems. You've hit on multiple players who have done exceedingly well out of that bullpen. You've gone to Yimmy Garcia so many times, early, early, early. Again, a couple of days ago, inferior opponents, someone you should skate by. You take out somebody who had been arguably your best pitcher since the All-Star break after five against a low-leverage opponent. Then against the Texas Rangers, who you're fighting for your life with, who you now need to beat three straight times to have the, the tiebreaker with, by the way. Like, that's the stakes. So it's not just like, oh, it's the first game of the series. You don't want to burn the bullpen out, which some people are saying, like, you win all the games that you're trying to play or that you're playing against the Texas Rangers. You're putting your best foot forward every single time. Chris Bassett did not have it. In fact, if it wasn't for some timely ground balls and a beautiful play by Kevin Biggio, that thing was probably well out of hand earlier than that. Bassett was getting lit. He couldn't find the plate. He was going deep in counts. He just did not have it. Some, I thought maybe the pitch comp thing early on screwed him up, but it was clearly something. And the manager had no touch for it. 
He doesn't go to the mound. He's not. Che- they're not checking with this guy. They're not taking a break. They don't have anybody even warming up. No one was even warming up. He didn't even consider this a possibility. And again, after the game, it's just, oh, yeah, well, it was some soft contact, and that's a typical Chris Bassett start. It's like, no, it's not. That's, that's not a typical Chris Bassett start. I've watched him all year long. Has he had some rough outings? Yes. Has he had some guys that get some contact? Yes. Has he put on base runners? For sure. Has he looked like that? No. I, again, most fans knew from the third inning. And then he lets, he lets the Rangers, the, their top guys, well, one, their nine hitter who had already taken him yard. He lets the kid take him who take him yard, see him a, thir- a th- second time. And then he lets the top of the lineup take a look at him a third time. And what do you know? It comes back to bite you in the ass. And this is just like basic baseball fan stuff. Not letting a starter see the top guys a third time through. This is things we learned 10 years ago. And it became kind of, oh, yeah, this is just an easy decision. If somebody's rolling and somebody's absolutely killing it and mowing down that roster, yeah, sure, let him go another time. If he's given up seven, oh, sorry, well, I think it was nine base runners. That's what I think it was, nine base runners before that one. Yeah, maybe take a look. Maybe have an arm warming up in the pen. Maybe get somebody going before he gets into trouble. And it's just like the inconsistency between that and the Kikuchi thing is so infuriating because it just makes it feel like you don't have a plan. Like you're you're going by the seat of your pants. Yes. Can Chris Bassett go deep in baseball games? Yeah, 100%. Should he normally be given the benefit of the doubt? Yeah, 100%. This is a high leverage game. This is a playoff game against the team that you're fighting with. You've got to be ruthless. You've got to know when the right time is. And John Steiner blew it. And so, yeah, again, this is this is two managers that they're going to have gone through because I just, you know, it's it's really hard to envision what the scenario is here where Schneider is the manager of the Blue Jays next year. Well, it what? They miss the playoffs, he's staying? They lose in round one, he's staying? I, I don't know. Is this really what we're doing here? Do we really think that this is a guy who's a plus in the clubhouse? Do we really feel like this guy is a plus strategically? What, what, exactly, what, what exactly is giving you confidence that this should be the manager moving forward? I hate this stuff, but just, man, that last night, painful, 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 painful stuff. Absolutely should have pulled him. He got that miracle play by Biggio, who steps up brilliantly, picks off the runner at third base, gets it over to first in time, and you go, hey, he just, hey, wake up. Just saved you. You just got a miracle. Now, where's the guy from the bullpen that's going to come out here? That's an out earlier. That's one out earlier than when you took out Yusei Kikuchi against the, the Royals. Should have been there. To trot him back out there, again, another inning, Oof. for the sixth, lunacy. Anyways, again, other criminal offenders from this baseball game. One, Jay's medical staff bringing back Brandon Belt too early. It gets removed from the game with back spasms. Uh, That's a tricky injury. I know it's a difficult one, but it's still a really tough look. Belt's been important for this team. And so to have him come back, look the way that he did, which was basically the Brandon Belt from the beginning of the season where he looked completely overwhelmed and slow, and then he has to be removed because of the same injury. Yeah, not not an easy pill to swallow at the beginning of this series. Two, Vladdy. I mentioned it. Those at-bats, horrific. Just horrific. The third strikeout that he had, trying to pick up his teammates, what what was that? And then right before it, Louis Rivera, who, is there no tipping point to take this guy off third base? Like, is there nothing that he can do to lose his job? He is, I'm sorry for the dated reference, George Costanza driving around with the pennants in the parking lot, dragging him behind the car. This guy has, I know it's confirmation bias because you never think about the third base coach when you send somebody and it's safe, right? But 
I, I need some stats. I need Blake Murphy on Jay's Talk Plus today to show me outs at home or mistakes made at third with base running because this just happens far too often. And instead of having runners at third and second with no outs, they send them. It's a beautiful play. And that's always the excuse for guys like this. And I'm sure Schneider made the exact same excuse where you go, yeah, you have to make a beautiful throw. You have to make a beautiful tag. Guess what? They're professional baseball players. You had the heart of your lineup coming up. You had Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. coming up with, I guess, third and second with no outs. And yeah, the runners in scoring position thing has been an abject nightmare this year. And Ennis has brought up multiple times that they haven't even been able to cash runners from third base with limited outs. So maybe this is part of his thinking, Louis, where he's like, oh, we got to get one. We got a shot. We got a shot at one here. Let's do this thing. But there just has to be a tipping point. There has to be. Just, yeah, like, what am I supposed to take good from this? And then the cherry on top. I'm going to wrap this up. So Ben Nicholson-Smith writes an article yesterday called One Month After Last Blue Jays Appearance, Manoa's Season Likely Over. And you go, what? Was Manoa hurt? Well, apparently the only person on the planet who thinks so is Manoa. Quote, however, one source said Manoa's lingering physical issues are leading him to prioritize rest and recoveries in the hope that his health would benefit in the short and long term. While a return to a professional man hasn't been ruled out, it's considered highly unlikely at this stage. End quote. Here's another part. Quote, in the meantime... Manoa got further medical testing done last week, meeting with multiple specialists to get a determination of the severity of the wear and tear on his knee, back and right quad. No structural damage was found, so the team kept the door open to AAA in hopes that a team, that the right-hander would continue to provide organizational depth as a big league team pushes for the playoffs, end quote. Do you, does anyone have trouble deciphering what's going on here? Does, does anyone think that this is remotely good or that this is not going to bubble up and potentially be a disaster at the end of the season? That What that is, is a player telling the team he's not healthy, the team spending a bunch of money to make sure that this guy's okay and determining that he's totally fine, that he's good to go, he's good to play baseball games. And the player going, yeah, I know. And the team just saying hey, you're not going to pitch for the major league team again this year. We do not want to create any drama. We do not want to have this become a public story. And so, fine. But we're not happy about this. You should be down in Buffalo working on your craft. And he's thinking, you should be listening to me and leaving me the hell alone. And I know my body better than you know your body. Or that's Sorry, that's not right. I know my body better than you know my body. That'd be weird to say. I know my body better than you know your body. Be like, hmm, maybe. <laughs> uh, either way, my prediction for this is that it, it could end very, very ugly. This, this feels like straight up, that, that's the type of stuff where you hear it in, in a marriage and you go, I don't know if they're going to recover from that. Yeah. This might end up being a divorce. So you could say it's nothing. You could say, how, JD, would you think this? You're taking too much into the account here. I don't think so. I think that this is a five-alarm fire that is being completely covered up. This is basically, we're now starting to see the smoke from all the forest fires that were down the road. And you're going, what the hell is this? Why is our air quality bad? And they're like, oh, 
the fires are huge. That's what's going on with Manoa right now in the Blue Jays. And this, let's just call it what it is. Conflict between him and the team when it comes to what is going on with why he's not able to perform at the level that we've seen him throughout his career. And yeah, I don't want to go too far down this because this is a story for another day. And right now it's about, hey, beat the Texas Rangers and get in the postseason with the guys you have. But what the hell happens if Alec Manoa wants out of Toronto and he just put together the season that he just did? Like, what, what are you getting back? What are those conversations looking like? What is his value? Tough one. Really, really, really tough one. Anyway, here's my spin. At least... Most Blue Jays fans aren't fans of the New York Jets. Trey Wingo next. Sportsnet 590, the fan. That it could be an Achilles injury. Want to emphasize, we do not know exactly what it is. The Jets probably do. And the fact that he's in a boot is a bad sign. The fact he's been ruled out is a bad sign. The fact he's as old as he is is a bad sign. Yeah, it's bad, Jets fans. It's really, really bad. Oh, at least you won. I'm going to talk to my buddy Sean later in the podcast only portion, who's just like a lifelong diehard Jets fan to see how he's feeling. He was happy about the win. I was, I was rooting for Jets fans, but my God, just some franchises just cursed and the New York Jets are one of them. Um, a man from Connecticut who knows both these teams quite well. A guy who I'm a big fan of, of the Chase and T podcast, senior NFL analyst for Pro Football Network and the 33rd team. Again, Chase and T podcast with him and Chase Daniel. It's Trey Wingo. What's up, brother? How we doing? Good, man. It's chasing it, though, not chasing T. Chasing it like we're chasing it. I see. I just thought it was chasing T, like your, your T. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. No, that, make, that makes chased. sense. Actually, actually, I, you know what? That makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, especially with the graphic. No, I like that. But I, I, you know what? Maybe we change it. I, I don't know. I'm good <laughs> with it either way. So but, you have it because you have it, the hashtag chasing T yeah. on Twitter. And I was yeah. looking at that last night. And then I'm just like, I'm trying to go and listen to it this morning. Totally forgot, yeah. <laughs> and now I, I blew the actual time. So it's Chasing T. So look it up as Chasing T. Um, Trey Wingo joins us now. Okay, so, man, uh, where do we begin? I, we got to start with the Jets. So they get this yeah. win, and it's... Well, so- hope, let, me, let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there, right? At the end of the day, there was one team that had more points than the other one, but I'm not sure either team really won last night. Well, yeah, the Bills definitely didn't. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, and I'm not and in the long term I'm not sure the Jets did either, if you know. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um what do they do though, man? Cuz people are throwing out Tom Brady's name. I saw someone post, "Hey, you either Come tank on. or you try to trade for someone." What what do you do? Do you try to flip that first round pick? You start exploring Lee like who's giving up on their quarterback at this point of the season? I just I, I don't really understand what the options are if it isn't Tom Brady willing to come out of retirement. Well, I mean, I first of all, I just Look, nothing would surprise me, but that would really surprise me, okay? I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that's people floating it out there. You, you want to know the, the boring, non-sexy thing that I think makes the most sense? Tell it's me. It's not sexy, it's not, it's, it's, but it's Joe Flacco. Oh, like, I, Joe Flacco. That. I thought you were Joe trolling. Flacco. I thought you were trolling the fans. No, no, no. I thought you were trying to stick it to them. No, no, no. You grew up in Connecticut. Maybe you had some animosity towards Jets fans. Maybe somebody pushed you in the playground once that was a Jets fan, and you were like, this is my moment to shine where I'm going to put the Joe Flacco graphic on. No, bro, look, go back and look at the start of last season. He played great for them. Like, he won two games for them, and then they just benched him for Zach because they had all the money invested in Zach. Joe played really well 
for the Jets last year. He did in, in those two games. And no one wants to admit it. It's not sexy. It's not trade for Matt Stafford or go get Matt Ryan out of retirement. Think about it, okay? What, what, what's more practical? Trying to extrapolate Matthew Stafford after a big 30-plus win, 30-13 win on the road in their own division in Seattle when things are going well for the Rams, or trying to get Matt Ryan out of a broadcast booth who looked like he was retired when he played last year, Mm. or go get a guy who knows your system in Joe Flacco who had success in that system. It's not flashy, it's not sexy, but it makes the most damn sense. Boy. Listen, it's not exactly like Jets fans are big believers in the Zach Wilson reclamation project story, and I'm not trying to say I was either, but... Boy, what what does it say if you bring in Flacco to start over him now, where he hasn't even been with the team? Well, he, he's not he's he's not starting over oh, him now, okay. but he's a guy that he's just he's a guy that is he's a guy that knows the system. He's familiar with the offense. He's a guy, and I guess I, you know Nathaniel Hackett has changed a few things. I understand that, but it's not like he'd be completely foreign walking in there. Zach's going to be your starter for at least three or four weeks. I mean, that's that's just the that's the reality of the situation. Flacco could be a guy that if Zach struggles, like he did before, he could come in, acclimate himself, the receivers know. Remember, Garrett Wilson, before he ever played a game in the NFL, when he was a rookie last year, when Zach got hurt in the preseason. And by the way, Jets quarterbacks, this always happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they asked him, what's the difference between, uh, uh, between Zach Wilson and, and Joe Flacco? And you know what he said? He said, well, Joe just throws a real catchable ball. Oof. Okay. Which is a, which was a way <laughs> so of him rude. saying, Zach, figure out what Joe did, okay? That's exactly what that is. Yeah. So it makes all the sense in the world to run with Zach until he either progresses or regresses back to what he was before you got uh, Aaron Rodgers, and then you have Joe Flacco who can be a stable thing mm. for you. Man. And that defense is so good, so good that stable might be enough. Yeah, the, the defense is brilliant. In fact... That was the one thing that was just sitting there all game long, right, is, boy, if the Jets had a quarterback they trusted to throw the football on a couple plays who they felt was even just competent, what's the score of this game? What are we talking about in Buffalo today? Because I think that Rodgers is healthy. That one reeked of blowout. And it's hard to flip the scripts and do all those things. But, yeah, one of those teams looked far more competent in a lot of ways. And I was expecting it to be the Buffalo Bills. But I I guess – Last thing when it comes to the Jets and, and this, do you do you like what Salad did yesterday with some of the Wilson stuff? Like, they really, I felt bad for the guy where the one touchdown pass he throws, it's this beautiful Garrett Wilson catch where the, the broadcast booth won't even give him any credit for putting the ball there. Yeah. They don't let him throw it at the end of the game. They put it back in their defense's hands. Like, don't you kind of want to see them give Wilson a, just a, a moment there where he gets a shot at it? Well, he's going to get that. Like yeah. that's what they're going to do going forward. In that situation, when that happens mid-game, your first priority is let's just minimize all our mistakes and let's let's try and squeak out of here with a win, which is exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. So when that happens mid-game, okay, that's that's how that usually plays out. Now they've got a week to prepare. By the way, for a Dallas Cowboys team that walked into MetLife on Sunday night and had seven sacks, three interceptions, a blocked field goal for a touchdown, and relentless pressures, a couple of fumbles. So whoever's playing quarterback better get ready because what did they say about the Jets and what did we all say about the Jets before the season started? Hey, everything looks good except that offensive line. And the Cowboys 
obliterated the Giants' offensive line, and they're probably going to do the same thing to the Jets. Do you think Rodgers ever plays again? That it depends on the MRI, and it depends on how bad it is, and, and all of that stuff. Uh, you know, there's a there's a tear, and there's a partial tear. Mm. Partial tear is something that is much easier to come back from, takes less time, but a full tear at 39, mm-hmm. you got to start thinking about stuff. Yeah, I just uh, it, it's hard not to think about Kobe, right? Because yeah, this was exactly. the same thing as Kobe Bryant at the end of his career. He tears his Achilles. He goes and shoots the free throws. Still one of the toughest things ever where he just like walks off the court. But I remember having the yeah. feeling of if anyone ever comes back from this, it's Kobe Bryant, right? If anybody yeah. comes yeah. back from this injury at that age, it's going to be Kobe Bryant. And again, two different sports and a, a harder, I think harder to come back in basketball pretty clearly than it is to be a quarterback coming back from the Achilles tear, even at those same ages. Right. But I remember Kobe Bryant in the pool. And there were those comeback videos, Kobe's coming back and he was swimming, he was doing the recovery. And all I was thinking was, of course he did it. Of course Kobe Bryant did the damn thing because he's Kobe Bryant. And I I would say that Aaron Rodgers goes in in a similar pantheon of just like competitors. This is an MVP guy. This is someone that you can't write off. It just, I I feel like after seeing the Kobe thing, I'm not going to get my hopes up about Aaron Rodgers ever returning to the sport or even looking like a semblance of his former self, like after this injury, partial tear, tear. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's something that everybody has to face. And that is a, I'm not saying it's a reality, but it's a mm-hmm. strong possibility yeah. based on everything. And the, and the worst part about this guys is, you know, that turf in that life has been the uh, bane of a lot of injuries for mm-hmm. both jets and giants and players that have played there, you know, as, as a visiting team, they mm-hmm. just redid that field mm-hmm. uh, this past off season to try and mitigate some of those problems. In fact, uh, ESPN, my old company, uh, had an article they wrote on May 30th about that. They literally wrote about that because of the issues, and it still didn't really help. Yeah, David Bakhtiari going to Twitter yeah. for his boy last night. Pretty pissed off. Uh, and uh, you know what, though? I, we, I should all, we should all hope for friends like David Bakhtiari, right? Like, we should all just right. hope for there's somebody that's like something happens to us and immediately blame some other situation. <laughs> just some, blame something Correct. else for you so that you don't sound like the complainer. Okay, Bill's side of things. Um, Terrible. Yeah, I... <laughs> Terrible. I mean, look, I, I put this out, and I, I put it out on, my, on Twitter again today. I put it out as an Instagram story last night before the mm-hmm. game. I said, look, everybody's going to be walking at Aaron Rodgers. I'm concerned about Josh Allen, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Go look at Josh Allen's numbers last year against the rest of the league, and then go look at his numbers against the Jets in those two games. His completion percentage was nine points lower. Uh, he threw for 280 against the rest of the league, less than 175 against mm-hmm. the Jets. He had 34 and 12 touchdowns and interceptions against everybody else. He was one touchdown and two interceptions against the Jets defense. And they scored 30 points a game last year against everybody not named the Jets. And they scored under 19 mm-hmm. two games against the Jets. He, this defense has Josh Allen's number. Okay. He turned it over four times. He lost it five times, mm-hmm. but covered one of them. Three interceptions, two fumbles, one lost fumble. You can't be that guy when you have an Aaron Rodgers team on the other side. And Josh, to his credit, stood up for it in the postgame press conference and said, I'm the reason we lost the game. And he's correct. Mm-hmm. You are Josh Allen. You are arguably one of the top five quarterbacks, and a lot of people have him higher, but I think he's regressing right now. You mm-hmm. can't play like that. And, and this is going to sound terrible for a lot of Bills fans in Toronto, but wait, we may need to start addressing the real possibility 
that this version of the Buffalo Bills peaked with 13 seconds left in the divisional round game against the Chiefs two years ago. Oh, uh, I'm I'm living there. I I am there. You know how I started my preview uh, last week when I was talking about the Bills and I, I was trying to push back to the idea of them regressing and the championship window being closed because I thought, hey, you know what? This is a group with real continuity. Um, maybe they get Vaughn Miller back at the right time this year, which is a good thing if you've got an older player coming off of an injury. Sure, absolutely. I, I just I thought the defense, I went, you know what? This is a big prove-it season for McDermott. But my number one thing was, is Josh Allen really going to throw another, have another season with 14-plus interceptions? I don't think so. Is he really going to turn it over? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> is he really going to turn the ball over as much as he did last year, where it, it did feel a little, I don't want to say flukish, because a lot of the decision-making last year was really bad, but it felt like, oh, okay, yeah. this is the one thing holding him back. He's going to clean this up, and if he can clean that up, what are the bills going to be? And... Yeah. You saw yesterday, starts with the four turnovers, and you go, ooh. Uh, and then he's sitting there, sure, he owns it. Kind of hard not to own it after you turn the ball over four times. After you keep doing Zach it. Exa- Wilson tried to, Zach Wilson tried to not own yeah. it last year, and that's what got him benched. <laughs> yeah, that's true. God, that was a tough one. Zach Wilson would do anything to have that scrub from the internet. Uh, but, yeah, I just uh, – I saw more than just Josh, though. I saw the same thing where I went – Okay, where's the dynamism amongst the rest of your playmakers, right? I know Stephon Diggs is brilliant, but it's just he's locked in on that one player. Maybe he's all he needs because that one drive at the end of the game. But after that, it's just where is Gabe Davis? Why, why am I not noticing Dalton Kincaid more? And I know it's his first game, blah, blah. Uh, why, why is the rushing attack looking exactly the same way? Why does it feel like when it's third down yeah. and short, it's going to be Josh Allen running the football? And then one of the scariest things, those safeties look old, Trey. And they were yeah, kind of Poyer the identity of the team. And Poyer and Hart, go look at it. Like, if you're a fan of the Buffalo Bills, go look back at the Brees Hall run from early in the game yeah. and what Jordan Poyer yeah. did on that play. Uh, it is not good. It is bad, as Adam Schefter would say. Bad, bad, bad. When you watch those guys, I just, I, I would say this, and maybe this is the way we pivot into other conversations. I had the most devastating losses of week one, right? And the way that I'm quantifying devastating is your expectation as a group, the opponent in which you lost to, and just the, the measure of defeat. And I think that, I, well, I, I said the Bills had the worst one. Like, you lost to Zach Wilson, essentially. You were basically handed yeah. the game on a platter. The quarterback with the turnover stuff, he throws, he, he has four turnovers. Your defense doesn't look polished. Your team doesn't look like the continuity team. And for a, a group that yeah. had conversations about the window shut, I don't know if they're, it's like Bears I had as two, Steelers I had as three, Seahawks four, Giants five. Would you reshuffle that order in any way? I would. I would put the Giants at 1A um, because, I mean, look, they made the playoffs last year. They won a playoff game last year, and they they bought in on Daniel Jones. Mm -hmm. Yikes. Uh, And, you know, and, and to be fair, you know, it wasn't, I mean, they didn't have a chance. Like in most of that game, Jones didn't have a chance because the offensive line was just abysmal. And that and, and and to be fair to Daniel Jones, um, that Giants offensive line won't face the Dallas Cowboys defense, but one more time this season, so they're going to look better against against a different against a different defense. But I would put the Giants up there as really really bad as well. Mm-hmm. Now the Bills is worse for all the reasons you just said, and we and we go through this. The league has figured out how to defend Gabe Davis. Let's just be honest about it, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, he peaked last year with a 98-yard touchdown pass. Uh, I can't remember who was it. Was that against the Steelers? 
I can't remember who it was against early in the season. That 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 was Pete Gabe Davis. The league has figured out how to not make him the biggest threat that he had been in that game. And in that huge playoff game against the Chiefs, remember Tyron Matthew went out in the first series, mm-hmm. and that, that was basically a Tyron Matthew game uh, to help them slow down Gabe Davis. So uh, that certainly aided that. The Bills have had the second fewest rushing touchdowns since Josh Allen has been in the league 2018. So you're right. They still haven't figured that out. Oh, it'll be Cook. It'll be this mm-hmm. guy. It'll be Singletary. No, it's none of those guys. And, again, that's against the Jets' defense, so we'll give them another week. Mm-hmm. But that's been a recurring problem. And the Stephon big things, no matter what anyone says, it's an issue. It's an issue. There's something not right there. And it's all coming to fruition now. The only good news for the Bills is that Aaron Rodgers is likely not going to play again this year. And so that's something else that, that they don't have to worry about on a continuing basis. But you saw what Tua did, mm-hmm. and uh, he's going to be real. I am still a believer in the Chiefs. Kadarius Tony will find hands again instead of the bloody stumps he played with on Thursday night. Um, you know, they just got Chris Jones signed. Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey's coming back. I'm not worried about the Chiefs at all. I'm not really worried about the Bengals either. Mm-hmm. The Bills have got a they got a they got a lot of things to figure out if they want to be the team that uh, Western New York wants them to be. Yeah, good news for the Bills is that you get the Raiders and then the Commanders. Uh, so yeah. at yeah. least some time. Very good news. Yeah, that's that's. It's just it would have been tough if Week Two was like closer to what the Jets' schedule is actually, where you got to go face the Cowboys immediately, Brutal. and it's just like Michael Parsons Brutal. the next game. You go, oh boy, this has yeah. a chance to compound itself quick. You, you at least have the ability to settle out and then everybody shut up and then it's week four against the Dolphins that's going to be the next real marker for this team. And it's going to be the game of the week and the one that everyone circles and says this is going to be for what is true division supremacy. Unless the Patriots thing actually continues to actually look like really good for, for them and Belichick can continue to carry that group. But I, I think you're right about the Giants. The reason I had them a little lower was because the game started in such a freakish way where it's just it's the yeah. block field goal after they did kind of look good for a moment. And then the game's just out of hand, and they're leaving Daniel Jones out there. Micah Parsons is piling on with the podcast saying that he would have taken him out. It just felt like a everything's going wrong game and that the Giants quit. So horrific because it's your division rival in a primetime game. And, well, actually, it's not even rivalry anymore, right? What What is it? It's like nine of the last ten times, Dak, I think. Dak, Dak, the last 11 times Dak has started for the Cowboys, the Cowboys have beaten the Giants. Yeah. It's just it's a Prescott and the Cowboys together have won eleven freaking straight. Yeah, that's it's really bad when they when they do that with division again rivalries where now we've taken it and gone. Yeah. It's not a rivalry anymore. Bears Packers and this one that's just like the ultimate sign of disrespect. You play twice a year and you can't even be called a rivalry where your fans hate each other. That's really quite bad. Well, to your point, like uh, there was a great stat put out last night. Uh, from a, an account called Optostats, which I followed immediately mm-hmm. after they put this out here, because this this is the kind of bleep I love. Mm-hmm. Okay, before last night, no team had ever lost forty to nothing or worse, lost a sack battle seven to nothing or worse, lost a turnover battle three to nothing or worse, had a blocked field goal return for a TD, and threw a pick six in the same season. Mm-hmm. The Giants did it all in one game. Mm-hmm. They did it in one game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no team had ever done that in a sixteen to seventeen game regular season. All those things, they did it all in one game. So, yes, it was, it was an outlier in terms of how incredibly bad it was. But you look for things that might be long-term issues. Mm-hmm. And with the Giants, here are my things. We talked about the offensive line. We all know what Daniel Jones is. Mm-hmm. And I think we all know, importantly, more importantly, what Daniel Jones isn't, right? So for Daniel Jones to be really, really good, 
Everyone else has to elevate. Mm-hmm. That means Saquon has to be amazing. His receivers have to be amazing. The offensive line has to be amazing. I don't know if any of those things are really going to happen. Mm-hmm. Darren Waller was a non-factor in that game. Yes, he had the hamstring. But he was Kelsey he in the preseason. Kelsey, yeah. He was Kelsey in the yeah. preseason. It was this guy is new, Travis Kelsey. I, I bet you there were a lot of fantasy football owners after watching the Giants in week one who had any stake in the Giants who went, oh, I would like to make trades, please. I would like to try to trade off of this. Yeah. Um, and so absolutely. Uh, so there are things like Daniel Jones is not going to become – Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence or Tua Tagovailoa, those things are not happening. So you need to make sure everything else around him is working. And when you look at the Giants, honestly, can you say that? Can you say all those other things will work? That's why I have concerns about the Giants. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, my ideal situation now as a Seahawks fan who has completely written off the season is that Geno returns to New York. <laughs> Is that it's a Geno Smith, hey, he's good now. He can stay in the pocket. If we can protect him, he'll be all right. He's the Jets quarterback by, I don't know, week four. Seattle gets smashed by the Lions. Maybe they could find a way to lose to Carolina. They're 0-3 to start the year, and all of a sudden it's like, yep, goodbye, Geno. Hey, cheap contract, good contract, go to the Jets. Yeah, but I mean, like, but but the problem there, right? I know. The problem there. Well, no, I mean, it might happen, but I don't, like, it's going to take him how long to get acclimated to a new system again and to do what? And, you know, that's why the ready solution is Joe Flacco. No one wants to admit it. No one wants to talk about it. The guys know him. He knows the guys. He makes sense. I'm not saying he's going to light the world on fire, but you don't need someone to light the world on fire with that team and that defense. Just don't screw it up. That's all you're asking. And we don't know if, if Zach Wilson can do that yet we're not sure if that's a possibility if that can happen so you know sometimes you got to search for that prize and it's hidden somewhere where you don't think it was and then when you find it you celebrate it and joe flacco can be the thing you wave in the air Mm -hmm. you know who the guy is though from that game that i think is going to kind of be interesting is so you're the rams you've lost all these draft picks you looked amazing in week one And I'm pretty sure Stafford never, like he basically insinuated a year ago. I'm not sure if this is correct, but I think that he has a pretty strong sentiments that he wants to remain in LA, that that he doesn't want to go anywhere else. But that is somebody who he he puts up one more ring or one more deep playoff run. I think he'll probably get in the Hall of Fame anyways, but it's kind of becomes undeniable if he does something like that. And and I do wonder if there's going to come a point this season where a team like the Jets looks at a guy like that who you would say, actually, he was really healthy this year. You do give up major assets. All of a sudden, you have your first-round pick back for Aaron Rodgers. I, I feel better about Matthew Stafford being able to step into a new offense like that and being able to pick it up and gain chemistry with some of those players than I would, like, yes, a lesser-proven guy than Geno Smith. You're talking next year, right? Oh, I'm talking, like, in season this year, if I'm the Rams, that's kind of the move that I'm starting to float out. Uh, well, you know, Sean McVay wants to win games. Aaron Donald yeah. wants to win games. Cooper Cup is only missing the first four games. Hey, if they keep, if they the keep winning, fine. If they keep winning games, yeah. fine. I just, I think a lot of that was I the just, Seahawks. And I think Matthew Stafford's going to have a lot of say in that. And yeah. I think he moved to LA for a reason. Like he, he left Detroit to go to LA. Mm-hmm. Tell me why it makes sense to leave LA to go to New York. No, Hey, but I, I agree. Okay. Can I give you one last pitch of the quarterback? What about Tannehill? Sure. Tannehill is terrible. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, he's hanging on by a thread to his own job. I mean, what? Tell me, tell me how that's an upgrade. Like, explain that. Help me. Make yeah. it make sense to me, man. Tell me, yeah. tell me why that makes sense. Uh, he he is certainly a quarterback who has two arms and two legs yeah. and is wearing a helmet. But yeah. I mean, like, I don't. Other than that, make it make sense. Okay. Well, last one, truly, then is what about your co-host on the Chasing T podcast? Because he's only thirty-six years old, and then maybe he decides, uh, you know what? I I still got some legs left in me. I'm eyeing this up. I I could I can outperform Joe Flacco at his age. I, I will say this: yeah. that uh, Chase has been. There have been inquiries with Chase yeah. on more than one occasion, and. Uh, uh, he has he has yet to find the right situation, and I don't know if the Jets are interested, and I don't know if they will. But uh, uh, I, I'm just I'm, I'm not sure how that's going to work. Man, those hard knocks tapes are going to go down as one of the weirdest things ever for a Jets fan. If you ever just put one on as a troll, like they come over to your house and you just put on the tape of Aaron Rodgers talking about how the Lombardi Trophy is really lonely in the Jets front office. I <sighs> tough. Tough day for that fan base. Uh, Trey, it's always a pleasure getting to catch up with you, man. Thanks again for making time today. You got it, guys. Take care. Always a pleasure. See you, buddy. Uh, There goes Trey Wingo, senior NFL analyst, Pro Football Network, and the 33rd team, Chasing T podcast. (sighs) He's right about the Stafford thing and them wanting to win games and that Stafford will ultimately wield a lot of power there and not want to do it. But if I'm a Jets fan and you can tread water for the next couple of weeks, which is going to be tough. I think that that's basically a guaranteed loss against the Cowboys. And uh, I mentioned this before with the stuff with Rodgers where I was going to say it's, it's all good until you face your schedule. But the Jets go Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs. There's kind of a case to be made that last night's win only made things worse for them, right? Because their most likely outcome is that they're tanking. They got their first round pick back. Rodgers isn't going to play 70% of the snaps, which was part of one of the prerequisites for the Green Bay Packers to receive that first round pick next year. And now all of a sudden you come out of the gates, you could have been 0-4 and you just play. And by the way, you would have been 0-4 with one game against the Broncos and then another game against the Eagles. I just, I don't know what the scenario is here. If you would have had a soft schedule to start the season where you could have played a bunch of bad teams and stayed above 500 going into your bye, then all of a sudden there's a case where you're looking around the landscape of football and maybe there's a team that's dumping one of those quarterbacks. Maybe that is the case where all of a sudden you look at it and say, we would like to trade our first for Matthew Stafford. Now there's not going to be a case for them to really trade the first. But what does that do to this group? What does that do to a team that had these Super Bowl expectations? Does the coach get to survive this? It's just all of a sudden everything with the Jets is completely thrown into disarray with this injury. And yeah, I know we're still waiting on the Rodgers confirmation of this thing. And I'll, be, I'll actually be happy if he ends up being fine. Because who didn't really actually have some interest in seeing Aaron Rodgers play this year? I, I wanted to. I want to see what this looked like. This is way, this sucks. Even if you're a Jets hater, this sucks. That's why I was rooting so hard for them last night. I went into that game, betting on the Bills, rooting for the Bills. The second that injury happened and you saw the cutaways of their fans, I was all the way in on Jets. I went, this is too far. You can't keep doing this to the cursed franchise. You can't, you can't do this to them. This is, 
this is too much. This is gratuitous. Like, this is actually how, this is conclusive proof for you, Jobo, that the NFL is not scripted because they actually wouldn't go that far. They, they wouldn't do it this way. So, yeah, I think this is one thing. This is a phone call to Tom Brady, and you say, Tom, will you join us? Will you try and save the New York Jets? Will you step in and try to create a chemistry with Garrett Wilson? And he, he doesn't even need to do it right away, right? Now you have a little bit of a buffer zone. You get it going, he comes in, and then you're hoping to start him maybe, at, I don't know, maybe by the Chiefs game, the Broncos game, one of those two, the one before the bye week. Just try to get away with a couple with Zach Wilson. Try to steal one more win and bring in Tom Brady. But I, I genuinely believe the best course of action now for the Jets is a full tank. I, like, their schedule is brutal. Even with Zach Wilson or with a quarterback that you're going to bring in, I see a win against the Commanders, a win against the Texans. Texans a little scrappier. I actually went back. I recorded that game, and I was watching a little bit of it yesterday afternoon. I actually like the effort a bit more than the scoreboard reflected against the, the Ravens. Potential win against the Raiders, potential win against the Falcons, potential win against the Giants, and potential win against the Broncos. That's six wins, plus the one you've got, seven at best. Like Jets, Cowboys, they're dead next week. Patriots, I just don't see them beating Belichick with Zach Wilson this year. Not that quickly, not when he thought he was doing that. Chiefs, loss. Eagles, loss. Chargers, I shouldn't say that's a loss. Chargers might stink. Who knows? They're just the Chargers. Dolphins, two losses. And then Browns, my Browns loss. I don't know. I, I don't see it. It's done. Rodgers was the season. This was the team. You sucked last year. Scrap it. Scrap it. Go with Wilson. Oof. <laughs> I felt so bad for him, though, when they wouldn't let him throw. They wouldn't let him throw. The game was right there. One first down, and the Jets just completely walk away with it. And they said, no. You will not, you will not touch this football. We're not even giving you a read option. It's just, this is run the ball three times. Run the ball three times, Zach, and let's get the hell out of here. Anyway, I'm going to head over to the podcast portion of the show. Do a couple more things. But yeah, oof, I, feel, I feel for you Jets fans today. If, if, there's, if there's anything that I really empathize with, it is a tortured fan base that has just felt like they've gotten kicked one too many times. Same thing with where it felt like with Leaf fans when you finally went around and then you just get spanked by the Florida team that no one cares about. And it's just definitive, unquestioned fashion. Huh. Do I get to say I was right about the Jets, though? <laughs> like, do I? If, if they suck, do I get to say I was right? This is the question. Because I was doubting it. I was doubting whether or not they were going to be a good team. Does it count? No? Everyone nodding no? I mean, there's been an asterisk. I've got 20 guys here and I throw a question out and guys just, everyone stares back at me with blank eyes. Just like, there's 20 of you in here today. No one gives an answer. It's just like, mm, let's just all remain quiet. 45 microphones, 45 faces, a jam-packed back room. And it's just dead silence. This is wild. This is a wild day from the crew. Now, now, Rogers is injured, so it doesn't count anymore. The, the whole prediction's yeah. out the window. <laughs> I, I still think I get it. He was I don't 40. Think you do, though. He was 40 years old. 
Okay. <laughs> he was 40 years old quarterback. If he had no history of injuries, if he was somebody who had been, like, healthy throughout his entire career, he was 32. Like, Russell Wilson last year, if he gets hurt, and you predicted that the Broncos were going to suck, I don't think that you get that one. Mm-hmm. I think I get this considering his age and the, and the history of injury. Age tax. Like, it was – look at the tackle that it happens on, too. Yeah. Innocuous. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, it was tough to feel like that one was a turf monster one when. Yeah, it's kind of just weight on the back of the foot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I never thought it was that, though. Peyton Manning's reaction was, I think, a lot of us. Yeah. What do you mean? A lot of Jays fans probably missed it because the Jays game was on. It was still the critical moments of the the baseball game. Mm -hmm. I was flipping back and forth. I had the Jets game recorded. I, I didn't see it live. I flipped over. I rewound. And then I ended up seeing it. Anyway, I'm going to try to call my buddy who's a lifelong diehard Jets fan who was my college roommate in the podcast and see how he's feeling today. And then, yeah, we'll hit on a couple of other things. Subscribe to the podcast, leave five stars, and follow on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkus. We'll see you over in the pod portion. Welcome. Uh, all right. Podcast only portion of the show. One, two, three, one, two, three. Um, so my college roommate, uh, one of them, is a huge Jets fan. Like, a, it's, it's the only team he really cares about. It's, there's no other sport. When I first met him, it was just all about sports, but it was all about football. And all he cared about was the Jets. He had Jonathan Abraham jersey and a Santana Moss jersey. Nice. Yeah. Dedication. Clean. And, but th- this is like, this is how much of a fan he is. Like, these were his fancy clothes. Hey. <laughs> you know? He was a button-down guy, but the fanciest look that the man could do was absolutely either the Jonathan Abraham or the Santana Moss uh, big was, Curtis Martin guy. I like it. He was a big Curtis Martin guy. Of course guy. he was. Even though Curtis Martin was like, hi- historically looking back on it, just a plotter, just a guy. Oh, know? but come on, Jets like a, legend. No, just like a four yards per carry guy. But that's what I mean. It's a Jets legend because the Jets are one of the most tortured fan bases of all time. And I've had multiple conversations trolling my friend, but this is how bad the Jets are. Our relationship was essentially predicated on hating on each other's football teams, right? That's why I'm so, I still talk so much trash to other people's football teams. And some people are like, why are you so mean to me? (laughs) I'm like, this is how I was raised watching football. It's gotten to the point with the Jets where I'm a fan of their team and I root for them because it's so sad. Mm. Anyways, Mm. my buddy, Sean Harris, my old college roommate, uh, lifelong diehard Jets fan. How, how, how's the feeling different tonight than yesterday or sorry today this morning than it was last night oh you mean like from now until after the injury or yeah, before like, the game started yeah like has it settled in has it settled in for you buddy that this is what it is it, that it's like his aaron Rodgers, the guy that you know you've loved too. you own him in fantasy in our keeper leagues for a many many years a Rog. that this that yeah, it's happening this way titles. yeah got you a couple titles like your boy the seasons of hard knocks, the belief in Garrett Wilson, like all of it has just come to this immediate halt. Yeah. Well, honestly, I was just listening to the, uh, around the NFL podcast and Dan Hansis is a huge Jets fan and he kind of summed it up like perfectly. And that he just sat there catatonic for two hours. And that's (laughs) essentially what I did too. And, but honestly, the very first thought that came into my head when he rolled back onto his back was of course, yeah. Just because of how weak of a tackle that looked like and how nothing at all. And then he gets up, he takes a couple of steps, it looks like he's fine. And then, of course, he's not. And, of course, he's done for the year. And it's just incredible. Like, I can't believe it. It's This is the year that I've looked forward to the most since 
the Sanchez days. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's when we were young. And now we are not anymore. And here we are. And I, you know, hard knocks and everything that came into it and the excitement. It's just crazy. Well, it sucks, too, because, you know, that Bills team kind of looked ass. Like, it, it really wasn't they much. Brutal. Yeah, that's what I mean. It just, it looks potentially wide open. And I know we're all excited about the Dolphins and our boy RK uh, is just thrilled to see that start from Tua. But yeah, it's still, it's still Tua. The question wasn't, hey, can this guy play and is Tyree kill good? It was, can he stay healthy through the course of a season? And just, you know, looking at that Jets defense and the catch that Garrett Wilson makes in that game, all I could think was, and, and man, even the Brees Hall run, which was oh, an yeah. ugly play. Which one? He had a yeah, couple but big ones. The, just watching him come back already that quick. Dalvin Cook didn't look washed, didn't look old. The team is good. I, th- let me ask, would you, would you accept Tom Brady, a man who you hated more than anyone? That's truly your legacy as a football fan with me. Well, if you asked anybody about you from university, hey, what is Sean like as a football fan? They would have said, hey, he, uh, he loves the Jets and he hates Tom Brady. How would you feel if they called Tom Brady? Even put the call in. Um, at this point, because of the last couple of years in Tampa Bay, the hate for Brady has really kind of diminished a lot. If it was straight from New England to the Jets, I would have been like, hell no. I don't want it. I'd rather lose all year than get him. But like now after a couple of years of him being away from New England yeah. and how him and New England's relationship has kind of frosted a little bit. And I don't know. This team is it so looked good. pretty fine like, when he was shaking uh, Robert Kraft's hand in the, the box, buddy. And he was ringing the bell at Gillette to start the oh, season. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there was a little financial incentive behind all that as well, but yeah. I don't know. This team is just so good. Like you saw yesterday, you saw how good the defense is and how good mm-hmm. that running game could be. And, and Garrett Wilson, like you said, and, like the only done. thing that they're really missing is a shady O line, but mm-hmm. like shady O line and the quarterback. And other than that, like they'd be a clear playoff team and if not a contender. So, but now they got to, they got to scrap it though. Right? Like you don't want them to be trying to make some desperate move unless it is Tom. Tom Brady at least comes with the allure where he could step in. And yeah, I feel as though he could learn something. You don't play him right away. That one I think is fine. But the idea of, cause I, I kicked around earlier at Trey Wingo on the, on the show before. And I, I just basically went through the quarterbacks that I think could be available. It's like, he, he's like Tannehill sucks. He's not really changing things. You're not going to no, win with Tannehill. Don't want him. No, yeah. Don't uh, want him. Don't want Wentz. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wentz. I didn't even consider Wentz. It's just, and that's kind of sad to, that's a tough beat for you and the ginger nation. Simon is that <laughs> your, your ginger King, your Look, ginger, my ginger King, King yeah. is, uh, it's tough. You know, it's tough. Yeah. Another L for yeah. ginger. Gingers. It was just like, you thought Andy you Dalton's something. still the goat he's, ginger he's quarterback. Yeah, yeah. That was it. yeah. That was it. That was a tough one, but I, I just don't see it. I went, Hey, maybe the Seahawks really suck. And then you reunite with Gino. Nah, what, what the hell? How does that work? That's not going down. Matthew Stafford, do you not trading for him in season? He probably doesn't want to leave LA. That's the best case scenario, but then you do have to give up the first round pick from this year. And, and I just, I look at your schedule. They already gave it up. Well, I guess they're getting it back. No, they're getting it back. Cause he has to play 70% yeah, of the snaps. 70%. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like, that's... is he for sure out for the year though? Well, right now, like I mean, it's not just like a month or two months. Here's, here's the thing. No, it, it, there isn't anything, but I see that's even sad. This, this breaks my heart that you're still clinging on to the hope you went. Well, hey. No, I, I just mean for the snap yeah. percentage, like in that pick, right? Like no, he, no, he's done he's 70%. He just needs to play what? Like nine games. Yeah, or something but like that? It's an Achilles. They wouldn't bring him back. I, I mentioned it. Remember Kobe? Remember we all thought, Oh, Kobe will be the one he'll figure it out. And then Kobe was coming yeah. back and then he stepped out on the basketball floor and they went, Oh no, it's a 40 year old who tore his Achilles. Uh, he can't move anymore. 
He'll have one more basketball game where he takes a billion shots and he scores. How many did Kobe have in his final game? 60. 60? Yeah. 50, 50 shots. 50 shots. Yeah, 50 shots. That's like electric yeah, to that, watch, by the way. I was going to say, that's like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers coming back for one final game and they don't run the ball at all and he just airs it out all game long. Attempts. And they're just like, yeah, he had 500 yards, but also six interceptions and the completion percentage was a nightmare. Yeah, it's just you guys have Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles before the bye. I, you got Zach Wilson. He's going to be the man. It, you, oh, well, he might be dead by the end of that. Stretch. That's what I mean. He's just <laughs> Dallas game alone. He's got he, he looks so cool, though, that uh, you expect it because he's such a pretty boy. and He's got that kind of bandana thing going on when he went to grab the helmet multiple times. I bought in on Zach Wilson like four times in that game. I even sent you a text saying Zach Wilson's starting to heat up. Zach Wilson's cooking. Oh, I know. Yeah. You, you, you were still... loving him so much more than I was at that point. <laughs> I, I literally replied back like finally scored a touchdown. Yeah, like, and it was all Garrett Wilson. It was all Garrett Wilson. It was all the running game. You know, like he had that one play to Lazard where he was falling down and completed it. And it was just like, wow, he can actually like complete one of those crazy plays. But other than that, it was just, it was nothing. It was just garbage. No. Like this is what we're going to get every single week for the next little while. And that's something crazy. Yeah. No, that's it. And and I get it. I get that you're not on team tank yet. Cause you won the football game. I'm glad you guys won. There's but... no point in tanking. The, the defense and the running game is too good. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to get Caleb. So like, they're not going to have a yeah, top but this five isn't pick. just a they're one quarterback like a draft. Pick. I don't know, man. Zach Wilson's so bad. If you just think about it this way, you go Jets, Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles. You sure? You sure they're winning any of those games? Oh no, they might not win any of those games. But you also just have to look at the other really bad teams in the league, and it's like Arizona. How many games are they going to win this year? Yeah, and. Like Tampa, well, I guess they won last week. They didn't look too bad, but how many more games no. are they going to really win? And I actually think Tampa's going to be all right. I think they'll be going to be competent. I weirdly, my one of my week one takeaways is that the division is actually going to come down to Tampa and New Orleans. That it's it's not going to be the Falcons. I just I think Desmond Ritter's too crap. That man, they, that game, th- that Panthers team was horrific. Like they were, yeah, the Panthers were awful. They were yeah. so oh, bad, wow. and that was a ball game. That was a sweat for the entire time. Mm-hmm. It took multiple picks by that guy Bateman or turnovers by that guy Bateman Jesse for them. Bates. To, Jesse Bates. That's it. Right. I keep calling Bateman. Who the hell is Jesse Bateman? That's some. That's somebody no, no, else. Rashad, that's, who knows? Anyway, that, just I don't. I don't trust that Falcons team because of that quarterback. And and I actually think like at least they have the defense still in place. The Bucks still have guys. They have guys on that team. I don't know. I, I could see a scenario where the Jets end up being a bottom five team this year if you take into account the division. That's why that win last night, it almost feels bad. It almost makes it feel a little bit worse a- after the sleep. No, no. I completely disagree. I was so happy last night after that punt return. Yeah, and I know you were. I was I was happy for you. I was like, I don't care. You know, draft it. Like, how many other quarterbacks have they drafted over the last little while? You know, Sanchez, Darnold, Wilson. Mm-hmm. And like, unless they have the first pick, I don't have any faith in them drafting a the guy that's actually going to develop. Like, maybe, but mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just so far away from now. And, like, I've gone through year after year after year of not caring about them and wanting them to tank. Mm-hmm. And then, like, all the lead up to this season right here was the exact opposite. And it was like, this is what you've been waiting for for literally 10-plus years. And for it to just be taken away, and now it's just like, oh, back on Team Tank. And I'm like, no, screw that. Win. Don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I grind get... out some wins. Like, just get her done somehow. Ride the running game, ride the defense, and 
get a bunch of ugly wins, maybe somehow luck into something. I don't know, but it's better than tanking. No, I like that. I actually like that attitude. That's, that's a good one to have for a team that's in that spot. And that sucked for, yeah, as long as they've sucked and has been that cursed. And yeah, maybe Rogers comes back next year, right? It's, he's still under contract for two years, right? Comes back. Yeah, he is. Season. Man, Achilles, no, forty no. years old. Yeah, if that's it's if brutal. it's fully ruptured and it's not just a partial tear, it it feels like that's the, the only thing I will say. Not to get sucked into the mythos of Kobe Bryant, like I made that promise to myself that I wasn't going to get sucked into. Oh, there's no player that ever ages the same way, or that these guys are just some built different than others. Is it would be weird for Aaron Rodgers' career to end that way. You know, like it would be weird for him to end as just the hard knock season. And then he says he's done. And didn't he say, no, maybe I've got this one wrong. Maybe I'm, I'm thinking of somebody else. Cause there was the story about Djokovic yesterday where Djokovic was talking about playing in the Olympics and that would put him at like something like 42 years old. Athletes are playing later and longer. And I would just anticipate that Rogers gives it at least a shot at least a shot. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for Give, sure. gives it a shot next like, why year. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. If, does he want his career to end this way? I highly doubt that. So, like, he's obviously going to be highly motivated to to rehab the crap right. out of that injury and come back and be strong. But the reality might be different than what he actually wants. Unfortunately, just being forty years old. Yeah. That, I don't know. And then, like, Rogers has always been such a mobile quarterback, right? It's always been some, one yeah, of his no. biggest strengths has been escaping and Moving. making something happen yeah. and then throwing a ball on the dime. And, and if he loses some of that escapability and, like, that O-line last day definitely did not look good. No. And unless they made improvements, it's like he might just be a sitting duck back there. And I don't know. No. There's, uh, it's tough. there's very few positives at this moment. Is this as low as you've ever felt as a Jets fan? Uh, no, no. Losing the championship games felt worse. Mm -hmm. Like losing to Pittsburgh when we were in university Mm -hmm. off of in overtime. That was brutal. Uh, John Hall missing those field goals. That was brutal. Uh, losing Peyton after they put up such a good first half in that, I think it was Oh nine might've been 2010. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but just having the chance of maybe doing something and, and at least being in the playoffs and having it getting taken away from you, that was, that was more painful than yesterday, but I don't know, it's just a different type of pain as well. Like the hope was just taken straight out of me so fast. And a part of me was just like, of course, this is what happened. Like, why did you expect anything different? Mm-hmm. Like you've never had a good team for so long. And like, why would this year be indifferent? And why are you not going to be unlucky with, all the injuries. And then of course, then you go on Twitter and you see everyone making fun of the boys once again for the millionth time. And it's just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, this is part just, of the script in the NFL. You yeah. know, this is just page two. No, it's just the only, so. the only thing I can relate it to is like everybody listening to this. That is a leaf fan is just everything you just walk through is the exact same thing where you go. Why wouldn't that's, that's the worst feeling is why wouldn't we be a joke? And that's where you almost get bitter. And you start thinking about yeah. the rest of the fans and say, this sucks so bad. Just want to have one moment where not everybody dances on our graves immediately and pokes fun of us. And at least with like, like the Leaf fans in this country anyway, like in the States, they probably treat people like a little bit more like a Leaf fan like they would a Jets fan. But with the Leafs, it's just in Canada, the Leaf fans are annoying. I will admit it. It's yeah. brutal because there's so much coverage. There's so many fans. Basically, any hockey fan in this country, if they've gone to see their home team play in their arena versus the Leafs, there's been tons of Leaf fans there. If you went to high school in this country or university in this country, there were Leaf fans packing in the bars. 
Um, they, they've been talking trash. They talk a big game despite having done absolutely nothing. <laughs> there's like a bravado to it. I, I don't, there's never been really that bravado to Jets fans. Like I said, you had it a little bit with in university. It was funny because you had those teams. And then from then on, it's just been you just, <laughs> just dwindling you away, your confidence away year over year over year. The, the way that people love to dunk on Jets fans feels a little too intense sometimes. Well, they just love it. And then, like, it's just brutal. Like, Cincinnati, they at least got Burrow after a while. They were crap our whole life, and then mm-hmm. they get this quarterback. And he's well, they did have the, like, the tear, the Carson Palmer knee tear right away. Oh, that, sure. That, sure, one, sure, sure. that one was a, that was that was rotten. That one that was as rotten as it got. You had that the guy rotten, from USC second, and the offense. Is, but they also lucked into having the first pick twice. Like the Jets yeah. haven't even been bad enough to have the first pick, right? Like they, they traded up for Darnold. They yeah. had Zach Wilson at two, and Sanchez, they traded yeah. up for him at, like, five or whatever it was. Yeah, and Pete like, Carroll buried him right away. He was like, yeah, he shouldn't be playing the NFL. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly, ready yet. Exactly. <laughs> like, his own coach, yeah. was like, this kid could have gone back to school, and, yeah. of course, like, he's no good. Who's and the best top pick just, you guys have hit on? DeBrickashaw? The best top pick? Yeah, he was four, right? Oh, yeah, sauce. It's gonna be sauce. sauce now. Oh yeah, yeah, sauce now. Although sauce was getting cooked for a lot they've of that. They've had football some game. great. They've had some great first round picks overall. Just none of them have been quarterback. Has been the crappy thing. Mm-hmm. Like Revis was twelve. They crushed that. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, sauce was four. Um, I don't know. A bunch of other guys like Abraham and whatnot when we were young. But yeah, they definitely have missed on a bunch of first round picks too over the last eight or nine years. Like in the mid twenty tens, they missed on a whole bunch of them. Like. No, Calvin Pryor and Quentin Coppos and stuff like that, and just straight bums. So, what do you do I about Salah? What do we do? Well, like if they suck this now. year, if, if you guys just end up being what you think, which is a scrappy team, great defense, steals enough games, good enough running game, maybe Wilson rounds in a form, and let's say you end up with. I, I looked at the schedule; I could kind of see seven wins. You end up with seven wins. Do you give them the pass because the injury? Uh, well, I feel like they probably – actually, they would probably fire him. Woody would probably fire him. I honestly want to get rid of him. If they don't have a good year, get rid of him. Like, what's mm-hmm. the point in keeping him around? Mm-hmm. Like, they need to get some type of offensive-minded coach that can actually, like, scheme up some creative stuff and help a young quarterback mm-hmm. rather than get another defensive guy. And it's just like, great, we have a good defense, but we have no offense once again, so we're just going to be watching the same story mm-hmm. year after year after year. So, I don't know. Regardless of how good his leadership qualities are and stuff like that, you got to win games at the end of the day. And, like, there's a bunch of other good guys that would be good leaders of men as well that they could mm-hmm. hire. So, you know, Dude, he he's, he's like- not that good. He just seems like a mean Dan Campbell. Like they're the exact same coach, but Dan Campbell's like the nice one and Salah is the, the mean face one. And that's it. They're the, the exact, they're just two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, um, they definitely both seem like they're a bit of a bit meatheads and you know, yeah, that's it. It's too intense on game day. Yeah. It's just like the, there's just like one guy who's the offensive coach who's a bit of a meathead and just yells at guys. And then Sal is the same thing. Motivator. I don't know. I just, I haven't been a Sal guy. The weird one though, is if Rogers comes back and you fire the coach, you can't fire the entire coaching staff because Hackett has to come back. And so it's like, do you just make Hackett the head coach? Promote Hackett well, if you do coach. that, great. You've just hired arguably the worst head coach uh, well, uh, no, no, Urban Meyer was worse they, the year before. They're, they're fire them. They, they're just going to ride out this year with Salah as the head coach, and then if it's a disaster, they're probably going to fire them. And 
I, they probably won't fire Joe Douglas because like it's realistically not going to have been his fault. He did all the moves to make mm. get a team together that could actually contend. But it's also weird to give Joe Douglas another chance with another coach, you know, and another bunch of years after his his win loss record is going to be pretty brutal for the five years that he's been here for oh. four years. So, so maybe that's it. Maybe this is it. This is just like ride out this year and then see if Stafford's going to come back. Or sorry, see if uh, <laughs> Rogers is going to come back. And if he doesn't. Maybe you're doing the same thing and trying to convince Stafford to come to New York if the Rams want to recoup a pick, and and that ends up being yeah. the, and ends up being the trade. Because like I don't see anything yeah, else that, then, that works. Like it just there, there isn't anything else that you're right. The Jets suck at drafting quarterbacks, and the team's too good right now. Like the whole thing is built around the idea of having an awesome team with a good quarterback, a good young team with a quarterback that you can afford to actually pay. It doesn't make sense for this group to go into the draft and like, let's say they get Drake may, right? Let's say you guys somehow get into what, where would you have to be to get that guy? Probably a top five pick. The kids, you're not going to fall oh, further for than sure. that. That's what I mean. So no, you end up with a top two. Yeah, but that's it. So right now pro football focus has him as the fifth rated player. This isn't a mock draft. It's just fifth rated player. Let's say the jets have that situation where they end up wanting to trade up or they will go at this player. Like all of a sudden he doesn't fit with that. You, you're right. You can't bank on him coming in in a rookie season and and absolutely dominating or having a moment like that. It's like no. the the realistic possibilities for next year. It feels like Matthew Stafford would be as high on the list as you could go. And then I I weirdly have this feeling of you guys missed out on Fields, but he sucks. But I could see a scenario where the Bears are horrific, and then they end up with a top pick, and they look at a guy like Drake May, and then they trade Justin Fields to somewhere else where he's like a reclamation project. Really, Fields? Yeah. Interesting. Get another Field chance sucks. to take the top quarterback, and this time don't trade the pick. Yeah, yeah, probably. Exactly. I just, yeah. What, like, where else? They go through the NFL. Go look at the teams. There's just, there's nothing. What you're gonna, you could be the next day, the next Eric Carr team. Maybe yeah. Saints give up on the Yeah, you could be, could be the Carr team. Uh, They're just else? gonna be in purgatory. That's yeah. it. Like they're purgatory. It's just it Russell doesn't Wilson matter. Could and get then, <laughs> Kirk Cousins, I think, is a free agent. Like they're still going to have to beat Mahomes. They're still going to have to beat Burrow mm-hmm. and all the other teams in the AFC. And they're going to have to do it with an inferior quarterback. Yeah, and we know how happening. that goes in the NFL playoffs. Yeah, and yeah exactly. No, like it's not happening. It's really not happening. No, Oof. they have to go on a crazy, crazy run where they just ball out on defense and somehow get some really competent quarterback play in the playoffs is the only way it happens. And you know, that's not very likely. Oof. Yeah. Kirk Cousins oh, is yeah. an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, I don't think oh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> well, I take Kirk Cousins over Zach Wilson, yeah, but like, yeah. there you go. <laughs> but that's a little bar, so yeah. I don't know. I was gonna I say I saw something about like Jameis Winston. Jameis I was is like, a free uh, agent. Jameis. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just saw something saying they should get Jameis, and I was just oh. like, mm, that would be a roller coaster. But you yeah. can take Jameis from us. That's fine. <laughs> It'd yeah. be cheap. Is he still on the Saints right now? Is he still yeah, the yeah. James is an upgrade over Zach Wilson, though, right? Yeah, but think? again, this is the, this is yeah. you can just do was, this game man, all day. Yeah. an upgrade yeah. over Zach Wilson. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they could trade for Gardner Minshew, and I'd be like, great, Gardner Minshew. Let's let's do this. He's at least gonna be solid, maybe. Dude, you know what's gonna but be like, it. Wilson. The worst thing about Wilson is like he's this big armed quarterback, but they, they never go deep. Like, yeah. they just never go deep. And then he throws these dumb interceptions where he doesn't see the linebacker or the safety of the middle field. And it's just like, why don't you just at least try to go deep and throw an interception going deep and at least try to make something happen over mm. nothing at all. And then the other defenses just play with their safeties and the linebackers right at the line of scrimmage. And it just blows my mind that they don't even try. 
to go deep once or twice a game just to loosen things up or something, give those guys yeah. a chance. But they don't, and they drafted this guy to go deep. He was supposed to be the Mormon Mahomes. And yeah. He never goes deep, and it's like – yeah, but he's but that's because he's the classic example of too much too soon. Like they took the Disney prince who had had the sheltered weird life, and they put him into the New York market with the piranhas and with a bunch of players who he did just dude he didn't know how to interact. He didn't know how to be a young leader of this team. And instead of sheltering nah, him, they he threw him in right away. That's what I mean. They put him in, and then all of a sudden the eye level changed. That's why he doesn't see the field. Even the run play he had before the touchdown, it's like he has a pitch right there that's a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and and every, I feel like what percentage of quarterbacks see that, that back instead of running it themselves, 95%. There's maybe a couple of guys in the league that don't do it. Like maybe Lamar tries to keep it. Maybe, uh, Allen tries yeah, to keep Allen, it yeah. right. Like there's a couple of guys and there's Zach Wilson and he holds on to the football and doesn't even see the wide open guy right beside him for a touchdown pass. Like I just, I feel like he is, he's that guy. He had way too much responsibility on his shoulders. He got hit too many times. And he became the actual true sees ghost guy. That's going to be the ultimate twist for you, though, by the way, is uh, the twist of the knife. If you really want to believe in the script writers, the script writers are going to have it so that Sam oh, Darnold ends up taking, yeah, he takes over the <laughs> reins and he just, people go, look at Darnie. He's the man. He figured it out. He's just unlocked oh, yeah. this offense as a new dynamism to it. And he's just, he walks the Niners to a Super Bowl, gives Braden a championship and you have to pay Braden at the end of the year. Cause you guys have a, a yearly Jets versus Niners. No, I, can, record I bet. canceled that. I canceled, you canceled that last year. It was like it was ten straight losing <laughs> seasons or something, and it was like just gave him a grand, like just gave him championship a after championship, and yeah. it's just like want to do it again. It's just like. I love how no. you doubled down for a decade, no. though. At least you got out this year. Because, yeah, that would have been the worst one, having to do that yearly re-up bet where the two you had the record. Uh, now they got Brock, who's just going to be, you know, Bringing them to 10, 11 wins every course, single year right. for a while. And it's like, yeah. where is the Jets Brock Purdy? And it's like, yeah. no, he doesn't exist. Yeah, when, You don't get to get things like Brock Purdy. No, you will not get a Mr. Irrelevant turns into the savior of the franchise. That's not a... No. That's not a thing that's happened for the Jets. Anyway, all right. We're rooting for the Jets still then. We're rooting for the Jets. Mm-hmm. We're rooting for the Jets. This well, is it. Now, Sean's a pulse. the Seahawks bed. That's yeah. the only good thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. And But guess what, though? I'm already, I'm the opposite of you. I was just purely ready for the tank for Caleb. Like this, <laughs> the first utterance of a failure from the Seahawks. And I was ready to be on full team. Told you so I can't get over oh, my hate. Your team's too good though. And no, they're too it's... good too. They're not going to be bad enough. No, dude, they lost their two tackles and they put a guy in that game that their right tackle was genuinely just, you forget how hard it is to find that position and how it just goes from like, it's, it's like the NBA. There's some, there's a center that's Joel Embiid and there's a center that's, you know, Nikolai Jokic. And you go, look at these seven footers. They're so incredible. Look at the athleticism, look at the ability. And then the seven footer that's right behind them is like a, a statue. It's like they, this guy cannot play Can't at all. Play. He's Tristan got no Thompson. hands. Yeah. It's just like kick it into him. He's got absolutely nothing. Like remember the Aaron Baines experience oh. here. It's like, that's it. Oh, yeah. It's like, you just, you go from Jokic to Baines and that's it yeah. is they went from two tackles to two backups. And the poor left tackle in that game, just stiff, upright, couldn't move, nightmare. They're trying. To, you know who the Seahawks are talking to right now in a serious way? Who's that? Jason Peters. It's not good when you go get a left tackle from truly our college days. <laughs> Again, that we we watched and was an injury prone guy. Then it's just it's done. Oh, and, 
and he was garbage last year too. Yeah, so. No, he's they're they're cooked, yeah, man. They they can't they can't pass protect. And then Gino, as you know from seeing crappier version of Gino, he's a, the type of quarterback where he needs the protection and everything to be going right to be making plays. He's not like a get outside the pocket and create and yeah, he's he's just he's not that dude. And the defense sucks. It's got no blue chippers. It's bad. It's bad. I'm t- I'm telling people right now the Seahawks are going to be worse than people think. And this week against the Lions, they might get just crushed. They might they might lose the Lions by a similar score that they lost the Rams. And people are going to be looking at that Carolina game the following week and saying Seahawks fans are going to be hoping for a loss because if they can if lose, they to lose to Carolina, Carolina that's, that's oh, going to be something. If they lose to Carolina, they're we're in it, baby. We're in. <laughs> We're in the Caleb Williams, you are a Seahawks. No, the thing is, we're not getting Caleb Williams, but it's yeah. like, I'll be watching Drake May tape for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the North Carolina quarterback, I got to say, having yeah. Mitch Trubisky be the last one, I go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Track record's uh, yeah, not just, can I? That's it. It's just, I, I would like the, the quarterback from USC versus the quarterback yeah. from North Carolina. It seems like a, a big difference <laughs> when we're talking about historical success of those two schools. Anyway, uh, yeah, both our teams are trash. And (laughs) it's going to be a lot of the same old, same old. Anyway, Shawnee, I'll talk to you later. Same old. All right. It's been fun. I'm glad that my, uh, my pain brings you so much joy once again. Yeah, I know. Go Jets. It's another year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You became a sympathetic figure, you know, once hated upon now sympathetic. I know every year it just gets easier to handle though. I'm just like, Oh yeah. 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 yeah." But does that bother you that that now that now people close to you are have like, I said our whole friendship was me hating on the Jets, me loving your misery, you loving my misery, all the boys hating each other's teams, fighting over Sunday ticket, who was going to get to watch their game for longer, hating the other team more than anything else. And does it bother you at all that now I'm like, oh, come on, Jets. Like I was just rooting so hard for them yesterday. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it one day. I, I would prefer to be in the opposite situation. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, exactly. Because I would have hated them still to this day deeply with success, right? Like if they were good, I would still be hating them and no, seeing you happy would have made me horrible. But I don't want to see you in the doldrums yeah. like this. I don't want to hear. Yeah. I don't want to hear. Listen, you are my friend. I don't want you in the state where you just mope around and you say I was in a catatonic state for two hours. Yeah. That's too much. You know? Better to be hated than yeah. pitied, I yeah. think. Yeah. Is the 100%. 100%. Well, it, it, it's just going to progress to me just like not caring, you know, and then I'll just be like, just double down and triple down on gambling on the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> just try to feel something. Just up yeah, the dosages. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, my boys. Maybe get into some DFS. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, just, just, just sprinkling units. Basically all over the place. just a sports swinger where you're like, I'm trying <laughs> to find something that's going to, that's yeah. going to make me feel something again. All right. Talk to you later, buddy. All right. Thanks. Peace. Uh, yeah. So same thing, right? With the Leafs. When they first got all that talent, people were hating on them. They were like, oh, I'm glad Leafs fans have this. And then the Leafs had that moment against Washington yeah. where they looked like they might be the real deal. And immediately people went into hating the Leafs. And then what happened? They started to get bad. And what happened now? People are kind of laughing at it for sure where they go, ha, ha, ha. But it's gone sad. I've had people, same thing in my life, who have reached out to me and have said, you know, I'm sorry about the Leafs and like, that's, that's a tough one. That's a heartbreaker. It just gets to a point. I, I don't even think my Habs buddies talked the level of trash they should have considering how much trash talk I did <laughs> when they was three, one. Yeah. I do think like the Leafs, they're like not unique. There are a couple teams like this, but the, the Leafs have that block that are like 
specifically Leafs haters. Mm-hmm. Like that's their number one NHL fandom. Yeah, Jets don't have hating, the same thing. Yeah, it's like hating the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Not on the scale. And I'm sure there are Jets fans south of the border that feel differently, like within yeah. their division where they yeah, go, yeah, no, yeah. Patriots fans really hate us. Sure. Yeah. Bills fans really hate us. But it's not the same. Like the Patriots were the hated team in that division. Sure. Everyone hated, hated the Patriots. The 100%. Hated them cheating. Hated mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Hated Bill Belichick. Hated every one of their players. Just yeah. top to bottom. The Jets don't get that type of oxygen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a little bit of because of the way the Jets are covered and some of the optimism that was around the team. And then especially with like the Rex Ryan teams where there was a boisterousness to it. Yeah. That people loved seeing that downfall. Right. Like they, yeah. they really celebrated the butt, pump, butt fumble. Yeah. yeah just yeah. the headlines. The yeah. New York Post. All that different stuff. But yeah, it's 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 not the same. But yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, I've, I've always done that segment. Losers like the Leafs. Mm-hmm. But I would say that. The, the teams I feel as though I empathize the most with when it comes to really being tortured and really feeling just pain, 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 like Leafs pain, mm-hmm. New York Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. Cleveland Browns. I was going to say the Browns yeah. better be on there. Lions? Yeah. Maybe. Here's the thing. I feel bad for Lions fans, but it's like they're so irrelevant. It's just yeah. it's not the same. It's just but whatever. And then New York Jets and then Leafs. That's kind of it. And I'm sure – to think about a baseball team could say the angels because of trying. i was Can gonna say it was the there? dodgers for a while in terms of just never winning yeah, uh where'd you say the angels clippers nah clippers fans are irrelevant there's no such thing like i, I <laughs> don't, don't exist I, I was gonna say i can't feel bad for a fan base that can't you know that when the lakers play them it, they'd like share the building they're the knockoff version of the lakers it's just that the clippers are a nothing franchise yeah. that was part of the embarrassment of Kawhi going there was you're going to go, if he would have left for the Lakers, I would have said, fine. You're going but to he went Lakers. to the Clippers to play with Paul George. That's it. Every time the Clippers oh, have a home God, game against the Lakers. Yeah. The king of LA. In the That's what I mean. You're, you're going you're gonna to leave running him back a championship. This is why, man, I'm kind of the number one Kawhi hater. I know it's true. People yeah. try to defend Kawhi and I, I, it's not as he, he got a championship, so it can never be as vitriolic as had he lost. Right. Right. But it almost makes it worse. Like, had he lost, had they lost to the Sixers and Kawhi left, I would have gone, yeah, obviously. But the fact that he didn't run it back on with that team and yeah. went to the Clippers of all places, yuck. Especially rule changes for that Vikings Kawhi coming up. Oh, Vikings, is Vikings good. by the way. That's oh, that's yeah. one where I go, woof. Bills. NFL has a bunch. Yeah. Honestly, out of all the leagues, NFL has, I would say Probably the most. The most. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not there with Rangers fans yet, but Rangers are kind of in the hockey mm. realm now with the Leafs. It's just, right. it's just like you won in my lifetime. You right. know, it's yeah, just, yeah. it's, it's not the and same. And a cool one. I won that like stories are told. For sure. But I just mean thing. that I do have a feel for their fan base where I, I'm, I'm now at the point where it's like them Islanders. They, I kind of look at them and go, no, you're legit fan bases. I wouldn't mind. Right, if you're right, good. Right. Islanders fans pissed me off with the Tavares thing. Cause they <laughs> took it too True. far. They did. They took it too far and they cried. I hate them for that. I know it was getting bad on my Habs. But fans now Leaf fans like, hate Tavares almost as much as Islanders yeah. fans do. Yeah. So it's kind of united. Yeah, like linked Two up. Two fan bases yeah. interlinked. Yeah. It's like Blade Runner. Yeah. Sharing yeah. each other's minds. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was bad when my Habs fans were like, like after the Habs series and then after like losing to the Panthers, they're like, man, sorry for you guys. I'm like, don't See, say that. You're just making it worse. Like My group chat was <laughs> the opposite of that. My, my, my like non-Leafs fans buddies did not were not sympathetic i was very much getting that you guys still suck maybe and it's just gen z that's nice though i oh, like yeah. that no they were still that's nice. i don't think See, they're ever I, changing. again i'm totally you're saying that and i go 
good because yeah. that makes you feel like you're still in the same relationship where everyone has stakes with it. Mm-hmm. You're so pathetic that people start to try to comfort you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and the rivalry's gone. You're just like that's any walk of but that's soft. just that's just any walk of life. Yeah. Is I'd rather have someone mad at me than pity me. Yeah. Like if they're mad at you, that's because they think you can do the job. Yeah, yeah. They pity yeah. you. They're like, no chance. You're such a yeah, dumb this is loser. Pathetic. Yeah. You're pathetic. Yeah. I just wish that you could. I wish I could give you something. Just do something, but man. you can't. You're just pathetic. <laughs> Sad. Shot to the heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's true though. All right, that's a dark way to end. Yeah. But yeah. That's a really sad way to end the show. <laughs> the whole podcast yeah. portion was pretty dark, honestly. Yeah. Sean was, was that was that started off real sad. That was a man in pain. Yeah. Turmoil. Yeah. Catatonic state for two hours. Again, I I really I was always a NFL fan, mm-hmm. but a casual one. And then first year university, I ran into him going to watch some games in the common room where yeah. you would go watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like Jets fan, geared up. And I went, all right, let's do this thing. And he started talking trash immediately. Love that. Like I came in and he was like, who's your squad? Seahawks. And immediately he was like, (laughs) 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 and that, that's how you become friends with dudes. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's true. And that's why when you young guys go to university, go outside. Don't just stay in your room and try Mm -hmm. to make all your friends on call of duty or whatever. Warcraft. Go watch games with people. Uh, whatever it is you. that you guys do. Those are all the video Fortnite. games I know. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, those Fortnite, that's the one yeah, I was looking go. for. I was like, Fortnite. And then there is also, what's the new one? There's GTA, there's Cyberpunk. No, I know the GTA, new that's mine. I'm saying other the new kid games. GTA is not yours, shut up, idiot. GTA 5. Well, yeah. GTA 6 is never going to come out, yeah, so anyway, we're never so. going to have a GTA. <laughs> I thought there was one more that was you guys that I could have gotten my finger on. Roblox? Minecraft? Yeah, Cyber- that's one. Minecraft, Minecraft I know. Yeah. Cyber anyway, Punk, that's the list of video games I know. It's not my head. That are ending this episode what? with the list of video games. Fortnite. War- we War- already said Fortnite. Warzone. Call of Duty Warzone. That's I said Call of Duty, one. but Call of Duty was also us first, and then you guys just kind of inherited Warzone it. Warzone was introduced it. like a couple yeah. years, though. Yeah. You yeah. guys just took that one over. Like, yeah. Fortnite is purely you guys. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, Roblox, yeah. purely you guys. Minecraft. Minecraft. Minecraft, purely you guys. Nobody my age plays any of those games. No. World of Warcraft was all you guys. I don't know yeah, if you said that. that. Was, yeah. I did say Warcraft, wow. but that's because, yeah. World of Dude, Warcraft. that was actually the saddest thing ever. If you ever knew anybody that, and I'm, if you're my age, you definitely know at least one person that went down the World of Warcraft wormhole and never came back out. Never came back a out. A guy I went to high school with yeah. became a pro. Yep, they put him up no, in a house in say. Arizona. No, that's what they no, all I, he's say. currently like a con, uh, commentator. What's his that's name? what they all uh, say about it. They, like, I, I still I remember my friend Jeff when we'd go over and be waiting for him to come out of his room. As he was drinking, like, he was legitimately, the South Park episode was like, he'd go in his room, it was just like plates and Mountain Dew, oh. <laughs> probably. The Mountain Dew was converted Mountain, Mountain Dew. Dew and so nacho it, cheese Until he'd be like, Jeff, what's up? He'd be like, oh, I just need like 15 minutes. I'm not going to play this game for much longer. I'm just creating the character long enough that it's worth money, and then I'm going to sell that character for a big profit. Because you could sell the yeah. character to somebody else. And guess what? That guy, Jeff... Never came out of the wow wormhole. I don't think he ever sold the character. Maybe if he did, he went right into new character. Yeah, that wow. was dark. Wow claimed some of the fellas. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow claimed some of the bros. 
We lost bros to WoW. I've, I've Sweet never dudes. Played Gone but not forgotten. Yeah. We should have like a tribute. Uh, <laughs> a tribute on the show? Sarah McLaughlin. It's like bros that went down to WoW. World Years on the bottom and just yeah. a slow dissolve between never still returned. shots. Warcraft yeah. just had a hold on some dudes. It just it just grabbed them in a certain way. Yeah. And for me, I would look at it and be like, "There's I can't spend five minutes on this. You could not. You would have had to have a gun to my head to make me play World of Warcraft. Yeah. Anyway, uh, all right, let's wrap it up. Hit me up if you want to bet. By the way, uh, good thing, my book, um, I put Rogers as my best bet yesterday, and I obviously had the jerks being like, good bet, <laughs> which is, yeah, he ruptured his Achilles. My bad. It's all voided. And they actually paid the unders on Rogers. Yeah, they paid the unders bets, wow. and they just voided the, voided the other ones. So, mm -hmm. yeah, hit me up if you're interested in the book. Um, I will talk to you tomorrow. Please win Blue Jays.